Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I want you to notice the title of today's episode. It's a question, and I will ask you this question more than once during today's episode. And here it is. Would you hang out with people that talk to you the way that you talk to yourself? I want you to think about your self-talk. I want you to just stop and think about your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself when you mess up at work? How do you talk to yourself when you let work take priority over your family? Well, my self-talk used to be pretty bad. And I have said all of these things to myself at some point in the past. You are a loser. You have no idea what you're doing. You are a terrible leader. You are a terrible father. This school is more important to you than your family. You know, my self-talk was pretty bad and If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you probably know my story that for the first 21 years of my career, I was a private school leader at a Christian school, head of school, pre-K through 12th grade. And then since 2012, I've been a middle head of intermediate and middle school at a Jewish day school. And there was a time in probably from the late 90s through about 2009, 2010, where I was in survival mode for the better part of a decade. Um, I, you know, ended up in the hospital with ulcers. I just had all kinds of negative self-talk, all kinds of issues. It, it even, my self-talk even affected my posture. I was thinking about this today and I'm tall, I'm six foot four. Um, but I would always kind of walk around my school and I'd have kind of my slouched shoulders, kind of my head down a little bit, you know, that lack of confidence. And just when you kind of beat yourself up with your self-talk, then it's kind of reflected in your, in your posture. And my wife used to always, you know, try to get me to, to stand differently, to, you know, put my chest out, my shoulders back. But you and I both know that when you're feeling a certain way on the inside, it affects how you look on the outside. And just that self-talk can be so destructive. So I want to ask you again, would you hang out with people that talk to you the way that you talk to yourself? I really believe that many private school leaders are just way, way too hard on themselves. And I also think that you would never talk to someone else the way that you talk to yourself. I also think that you would never hang out with people if they talk to you the way that you talk to yourself. I know that that was certainly true for me. 
And so on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to discuss the eight steps to overcoming your negative self-talk. If you need to clean up the way that you talk to yourself, then today's episode is for you. But before we get into today's topic, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you a gift, and it is called The Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. And this guide is an 11-page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to have better meetings with the parents at your school. It talks about what happens before the meeting, and it talks about like the logistics for seating in the meeting. Um, it talks about kind of the beginning, middle, and end as far as the, the parent, what, you know, they go first and kind of what are the first things that you say when it's your turn to talk and just all of the things that are the parts of a successful meeting with an upset parent. And so you now have a plan if you want to use it and you can grab this free guide at the privateschoolleader.com slash meeting. I want you to feel more confident and less stressed when you have to meet with a parent. And so grab the seven steps to having successful meetings with upset parents at the privateschoolleader.com slash meeting. And I also would strongly encourage you to please check out a bunch of free resources on my website that can help you serve and lead your school community. At the privateschoolleader.com slash resources, you can find three different plug-and-play PDs. These are 45-minute webinars with guided notes that you could use with your staff or to coach up a teacher individually. And I have one on parent communication, one on growth mindset, and one on the seven habits of the highly effective private school teacher. And there are also some guides there that will help you be a better leader, top 10 lists of leadership books, TED Talks, all kinds of resources at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources, free for you just to help you thrive as you lead your school. All right, so I told you we are going to talk about the eight steps to overcoming your negative self-talk. Number one, notice it. Number two, name it. Number three, reframe it. Number four, ask the question, fact or feeling? Number five, evidence. Number six, human support. Number seven, be kind. And number eight is intentional self-care. So I know that that's a lot, but I'll take good care of you in the show notes. You don't have to try to figure out if you're going to be able to memorize this. Try and find a pen and write it down. All you have to do is go to theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 54, and all of that will be there for you, so you can just kind of listen. So, step number one in overcoming your negative self-talk is to notice it. And I think as private school leaders, we are so busy doing that we don't spend much time noticing. And I want to say that again. As private school leaders, I think we spend so much time and are so busy doing that we don't spend enough time noticing. And I think sometimes this is true for me when it comes to colleagues or teachers and I'm just going from one thing to the next and boom, 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 and maybe I'm not reading their body language or noticing that this person needs some encouragement or things of that nature. But it's also really, really true when it comes to our negative self-talk that we're so busy doing, just getting through the day, tyranny of the urgent, trying to get through the day, putting out the fires, that we don't really notice how we're talking to ourselves. 
So the first step is that self-awareness and to actually recognize when self negative self-talk is occurring. And so that comes from just paying attention to your thoughts and your feelings and to start to identify patterns of self-doubt or criticism. In other words, when I say patterns, does it happen more at the end of the day? Um, does it happen more after a parent meeting, after a parent made you feel emotionally upset that you run down yourself? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, is it more um, outside of school oriented when it comes to, you know, you have in your mind how much time you'd love to spend with your spouse or your partner or your, your kids, your family, your friends, and then you fall short on that. And then you start beating yourself up with that negative self-talk that, you know, when, when does it happen? When is it most likely to happen? And then what are the things that you're saying? And so, again, we just get into patterns and habitual behavior and we don't realize it. And then it just becomes the new normal. And so that's why number one is called notice it. Because the first step in fixing your negative self-talk is, is that we have to start noticing it when it happens. All right. Number two is name it. So this happens to me sometimes. I want to I want to tell you about something that happens. I'll come I'll I'll just be out in the school and I'll come back to my desk and I'll be feel I'll sit down and I'll be feeling anxious or stressed out and I'm not even really sure why. And so what I've started to do the last couple of years is I'll stop and I'll ask myself the question, okay, why are you feeling this way? And then I'll figure it out, and then I'll just name it. And what I've found is, is that if I name it, if I stop, I ask, I name it, that it makes me feel a lot less anxious and a lot less stressed. And I think that that's because of the fight-or-flight response. And so let's say, for example, that I come back to my office at 1 p.m. Um, after the recess and lunch block, and I'm all anxious and stressed out about something, and I sit there and I think about it, and I realize, you know what? I'm anxious because I have to make a parent phone call at 4 p.m. and I'm really not looking forward to it. Okay. Well, see, our bodies are designed to protect us from harm. And so we all know about fight or flight. We learned about that in Psych 101. But when I came back to my desk at 1 p.m. and sat down and felt anxious and stressed out, it's because of the cortisol that's in my brain. And my brain is in fight or flight. And it's kind of looking for the bear and it wants me to run away from the bear, but I'm just sitting in my office and there's no bear in my office. And so my point is, is that if I can name it, then I've found that that helps me to feel better and less anxious and less stressed because I kind of get out of that fight or flight and the, the you know, stops pr producing that cortisol and um, just kind of, um, I, I will check my breathing, you know, just kind of slow that down. And so the, again, the, the first number one is to, to notice it. And number two is to name it. So it's like, I have to name it self-talk. I have to say that, um, if we, if, you know, if we go back to the title of this episode, would you hang out with people that talk to you the way that you talk to yourself? And of course the answer is no. And, I, and, and you're like, well, of course I wouldn't do that, and I don't do that to myself. Okay, well, first of all, I don't believe you um, because I think we all do it to ourselves to some degree, and some of us are worse about it than others. So I want to give you a couple of examples. So let's say someone is bullying you. This could be when you were a kid in school, a teenager, or this could be at work. This could be at a job that you had when you were in college. But 
let's just try and take it out of the context of your current school situation. So maybe a job that you had in college, all right? And at that job, someone is bullying you. They are emotionally, verbally bullying you. And you might say, well, you know, if a friend pointed it out, you know, they came in and at, to your place of work and they saw how this coworker was treating you. And then they say something afterwards and you're like, well, no, they were just kidding around. They don't, they don't really mean it. Okay. So that's, that, that, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, let's say that at that job in college that someone was sexually harassing you. And again, a friend came in and interacted with you and that coworker and kind of noticed some stuff. And you're like, oh, well, no, they, they're just, they're just flirting. They're, they're, you know, they're just, they're just flirting. Well, what if back in college, you were in an uh, abusive relationship and you've got some bruises and your best friend is like, you've got to get out of this relationship. And you're like, well, no, he just, he just loses his temper sometimes. So the reason that I'm bringing up these examples that might make you cringe a little bit is because we sometimes talk ourselves out of the fact that this is negative self-talk. We're like, well, it's just, I'm, I'm it's not really negative self-talk. I'm just, it, I'm, I'm just being honest with myself or, um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just keeping it real. Okay. Well, I don't think there's a much, much of a difference between point A and point B Point B is you saying that you're just, you know, your negative self-talk is you just keeping it real and you being honest and living in the real world. You know what point A is? Someone's bullying you and you're like, oh, they're just kidding around or someone's sexually harassing harassing you and you're saying, no, they're just flirting or someone's abusing you and you're like, oh, they just lose their temper sometimes. The thing is, is that we're not going to get past negative self-talk unless we name it what it is. And so when you're being unkind to yourself in the things that you say in your head, it's negative self-talk. And we're not going to improve this if we don't get real about naming exactly what it is. All right. Number three in our steps to overcome negative self-talk is called reframe it. So there's this thing called cognitive reframing, and it's also known as cognitive restructuring. And it's actually a psychological technique that is used in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and other therapy approaches. And basically, it involves identifying and changing the way a person thinks about a particular situation, event, thought pattern. And the goal of cognitive reframing is to replace negative or unhelpful thought patterns with more constructive, positive, or rational ones. So that makes sense. You know, you, you've got something negative, you want to replace it with something positive. And what that comes down to also is to challenge and reframe negative thoughts. And I, in my notes, I, I, I highlighted in yellow and bolded the word challenge. What does it mean to challenge and reframe a negative thought? You know, we're going to have thoughts, Okay, a thought is going to pop into our head about ourselves, you know, imposter syndrome, or boy, I really messed up that board meeting, or I really messed up that parent conversation, or I wish I had that to do over again, that conversation with that teacher, or, you know, that decision I made about discipline with that student, I really wish I had to do that over again. Okay, those thoughts of doubt and things like that, they're going to creep in, they're going to just pop into our heads. There's not anything we can do to keep thoughts from popping into our heads. But it's one step from a negative thought to negative self-talk. And that's where the challenge comes in. 
you need to just pump the brakes, pull the emergency brake. You know, um, Mel Robbins talks about pulling the emergency brake. Just challenge it. You know, is the, the thing is, is that the thought is there, but it doesn't have to turn into that negative self-talk. And then, you know, I talked about replacing, replacing self-criticism with positive affirmations and constructive self-talk. And I know that a lot of people are down on positive affirmations and be like, you know, the, the mantras that people will chant or the little notes that they have on the post-it notes. Um, some people will put a Bible verse or um, something from a poem or a quote from a famous person or not famous person that's inspirational and that reminds them. Whatever it is, I think that it's important for us to have those positive thoughts, those positive affirmations, that constructive self-talk ready and available. And that's why it's great to have those little reminders, those little post-it notes on your monitor, on your computer monitor, or on your bulletin board, or on your bathroom mirror, or all of the above, that's going to challenge and reframe those negative thoughts and replace the self-criticism with something positive. So we've gotten through the first three steps to overcoming negative self-talk. Number one, notice it. Number two, name it. Number three, reframe it. And we come to number four, which I think is kind of the most useful strategy. And it's to ask yourself this question, is this a fact or a feeling? Is it a fact or a feeling? And I use this strategy all the time with myself and I use it with my teachers and I use it with my students. And I want to give you an example. So a few years back, I have a math teacher, middle school math teacher. And over the course of Thursday and Friday, she had all of her parent conferences and I want to say that she had 43 conferences. Each one was 10 minutes in length over the course of those two days. And 42 of them went really, really well, and one of them went poorly. And the, the parent was really critical of her and was kind of blaming her for the reason that his child wasn't doing well in math and things like that. So I didn't know about that on Friday, that it had happened on Friday. But then I saw her on Monday, and she was kind of a mess on Monday. And then she had spent the whole weekend perseverating on the one bad parent-teacher conference instead of thinking about the 42 good parent-teacher conferences. And she was just going to town with the negative self-talk. I'm the worst teacher. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, these kids deserve something better than what I'm putting out there. And so I just paused and I said, okay, I want to ask you a question. What you're feeling, what, what's going on with you right now? The things that you're saying. Is it a fact or is it a feeling? And so I walked her through it and I said, here's some facts. Number one, you're an experienced teacher. You're highly educated. You had 42 conferences that went well. Other teachers also complained about that particular parent and the excuse making that they were doing for their child in parent conferences. And I went on to list some things that were just facts about her as a person and as a teacher. And then I said, the feeling is, well, I messed up and I'm a terrible math teacher. And so I said, is it a fact or is it a feeling? And she said, you know what? It's a feeling. And we know all about amygdala hijack, right? You know, that the, the place in our brain where emotions hijack logic and reason, and that happens to us so often. But that's such a key 
to overcoming negative self-talk is to not allow amygdala hijack to happen or when it does happen to the thing that I've found can bring us back is the asking that question, is this a fact or a feeling? And I want to give you two quick scenarios. Um, let's say that um, as a as a parent, let's say that if you're a parent you and you have um, children, um, you have certainly you might have friends or a partner or a spouse, but just the people in your life that you really care about outside of school, um, you know, you spend an evening working on school issues and you weren't present for any of the things that went on that evening. All right. And then you're getting ready for bed or you're driving to school the next morning. What's your self-talk like? Okay. Then you have to stop and say, as you're beating yourself up over, I'm a terrible parent, I'm a terrible spouse, I'm a terrible partner. You have to start with the whole, is it a fact or is it a feeling? Are you a terrible person? Are you a terrible spouse, partner, parent? Or is this something that is powerful, which is guilt over that night that school invaded your home? And you know, there are lots of ways. Um, we've talked about them on the podcast. Episode 7 could be really helpful for you. The four productivity hacks for busy private school leaders. Two, and then um, another one on um, overcoming burnout with boundaries. Um, I'll link those in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 54. Those can help you get things back into better shape so that you are more present in the evening. But is it a fact or is it a feeling? And then another scenario is at school. You know, it's the end of a board meeting and the board meeting did not go well. And they asked a lot of questions and so on and so on. And you're just feeling like the imposter syndrome, the, the biggest loser, the, the a failure as a leader. You know, am I even in the right place leading this school? Is it a fact or is it a feeling? Is it the amygdala hijack from the stress of that meeting that just ended that you're focused in and you're just swimming in that cortisol in your brain or is it a fact most of the time it's a feeling and so I found that it's really important to ask that question and that can help us to overcome negative self-talk so the eight steps to overcoming your negative self-talk number one notice it number two name it number three reframe it number four ask the question is it a fact or a feeling and number five is evidence okay so I'm going to link episode 37 in the show notes. And episode 37, I think the title was like, Do This One Thing to Be a Happier and Better Compensated Leader. And what it was about was having an annual portfolio. And you can go back and listen to that podcast episode or not, but I'll just tell you real quick, the thing that I would pull out of that episode is something that I suggest that you do is, is that you start a Google Doc, and you have a section on it called positive comments, and you have a section on it called accomplishments. And anytime you get any kind of positive comment, and I know that they're few and far between, okay, but a teacher thanks you for this, or the, the board president or a board member thanks you for that, or even more rare, maybe a parent expresses gratitude for something. But anytime it's a positive comment, even if it's, a, and, and you can just, it's in an email, copy paste, if it's in a text, you could copy paste on your phone into the Google Doc. 
If it's a handwritten card, what I've done is I take it and I type the thing that was written in the card into the positive comments Google Doc. And then any kind of accomplishments that you have. And they don't have to be the once in every 10 years, um, you know, get your accreditation or um, get your reaccreditation or get your master's degree or, or, you know, reach the goal for the capital campaign. I'm talking about other accomplishments over the course of the school year. You know, you had a really successful back to school night and it was well attended. That's an accomplishment. You know, there's an old saying that says once we do the impossible, it becomes part of our job description. I think that's super true for private school leaders is, is that we do these amazing things. We stand on one leg and do the impossible. And then it just becomes like the expectation. And then it's like no big deal. You're going to put that in that Google Doc. All right. And then on days when you're having negative self-talk, when imposter syndrome, amygdala hijack, all of this convergence of all of these things, you're swimming in cortisol in your brain, all that stuff, you're beating yourself up then I want you to go back and look at it. I want you to just open up that Google Doc and just read it. I don't care if it's a paragraph or if it's 15 pages, just read it. And I've been doing this for about 11 years, and there are times where I'm having such a bad day that I need to go back to previous years and read a couple years' worth of positive comments and accomplishments to convince myself that even after 32 years, I still sometimes say I have no idea what I'm doing. And so evidence... We forget those things, right? So they, that email that we got on September 14th that you know made us feel good in that moment, by September 16th, it's a long forgotten memory. But if you copy and paste it and it's in a Google Doc and you can access that, especially when you're feeling bad about yourself, it's evidence that you are doing what you know what you're doing and it is something that will challenge that negative self-talk. Trust me, this works. So evidence is number five in that, that portfolio, episode 37, but you get the idea from what I just said. All right. Number six is human support. And this one's pretty straightforward is just to, to seek support, to talk to a trusted colleague or mentor or a counselor. Um, you know, if you have a partner or a spouse or children or your, your, parents are still around, um, aunts, uncles, whoever it is, your little inner circle that you can talk to, you know, seek that support, that human interaction, that support, because we get all kinds of human interaction at school. But as a school leader, we know that it's different because we're in charge, you know, and so they're colleagues, they're not friends, they're, they're teachers, they're not our buddies, you know, um, they're parents, but they're not, you know, our trusted, um, you know, inner, inner circle of trust. Um, they, these people, your, your inner circle, they can offer perspective and encouragement. And I have perspective highlighted in my notes because what we lack as private school leaders is perspective. It's all about the tyranny of the urgent and what's latest and loudest and playing whack-a-mole with our hair on fire while putting out fires. And then we're exhausted at the end of the day, and then we get up and do it all over again, and then we wonder why we have negative self-talk. And so we need to seek that encouragement, but sometimes we just seek escapism. And I've done it. You've done it. You know, go down that social media rabbit hole. Those algorithms just keep feeding us those Instagram reels of the things we're interested in, and all of a sudden we look up and it's dark outside and we're starving, and where did those three hours go? I didn't even make dinner. Um, 
Some people seek escapism through alcohol. Some people seek escapism through relationships that are poor choices. Um, uh, some people seek escapism through gambling. You know, there's a lot of different things that we're trying to just escape from how we feel. And I'm not saying that we should never do that, but I think that it's something that we do sometimes and not something that we do as a strategy all of the time. Our go-to strategies cannot be escapism. It has to be other things on this list. And so number six is seek human support. Number seven is to be kind. Be kind to yourself. Practice self-compassion. Again, it goes back to, you know, I said, would you hang out with people that talk to you the way you talk to yourself? Let's spin that around. Would you talk to other people? You know, you walk up to a teacher in the hallway. You walk up to a parent at carpool. Are you going to say the things to them in a way, in a tone that you would say to yourself? Self-compassion, just kindness and understanding, just pretend that you're just as you would if you were talking to someone that was facing a challenge. You know, we're great. Um, most private school leaders are empaths, and we really want to try to serve and help and to understand and help people be seen and be heard. But we don't do that for ourselves. And so I just think that we are so, so hard on ourselves that we just need to be a little kinder and show ourselves a little more compassion. And then number eight is intentional self-care. And if we practice self-care, if we prioritize our physical and mental well-being, then we're going to get sufficient sleep. Um, we're going to move a little more and we're going to eat a little healthier. We're going to use mindfulness. We're going to use relaxation techniques. Um, you know, all of that sounds good. And it's all like, well, I know that I need to blank, but I just don't have the time to do that. Well, I've done more than one episode. There's one called How to Overcome Burnout with Boundaries. I'll link it in the show notes. And, you know, I was diagnosed with severe burnout, and it was because I wasn't prioritizing or even engaging in any kind of intentional self-care. And so there's a price to be paid. I want you to think about this. We know that we're supposed to get the oil changed in our car every, what is it, 3,000, 5,000 miles? Well, if you get a car, you love that car, it's a great dependable car, and you never, ever, ever get the oil changed, sooner or later, one day when you're driving somewhere, that car is just going to clunk out. It's going to die. The engine's going to blow. And that's that. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Well, same thing's going to happen to you. And I know because it happened to me and I pushed myself too hard. And I have told you before I've ended up, I ended up in the hospital with ulcers. I've had stress induced vertigo. I've had burnout. Um, I've had lousy relationships with my wife and daughters at different times. And fortunately I was able to get better. I was able to restore those relationships and I'm living my best life right now. And I love work. I love school. I'm thriving. I'm not surviving. But I just don't want you to have to go through that to get to rock bottom before you start doing something to take care of yourself. So if we want to take the, um, if we want to talk about our big takeaways from today's episode, the eight steps to overcoming your negative self-talk. Number one, notice it. Number two, name it. Number three, reframe it. Number four, ask the question, is this a fact or a feeling? Number five, 
have evidence in your positive comments and accomplishments Google Doc. Number six is human support. Number seven is to be kind to yourself. And number eight is to engage in intentional self-care. And I like to conclude every episode with a call to action. And your call to action is the next time you engage in negative self-talk is to stop and ask yourself this question. Is this a fact or a feeling? And I just want to tell you about another free uh, resource that I have for you just as a thank you for listening to the podcast. And this one's called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. And this guide is a six-page PDF that will be a game changer for you. And I guarantee you that if you do these six things, that the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can pick up your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And if you're getting value from this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K dot O dot M-I-N-K-U-S at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Um, The show notes are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 54. And a new episode comes out every week wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the podcast so that the algorithm will push that out to private school leaders all over the world. And they can benefit from this content as well. I'm on Instagram at the private school leader or Twitter at the PS leader. And as always, I ask if you got value from this episode or from this podcast to just please share it with one other school leader in your life or think about who's an aspiring leader at your school and share the podcast with that person. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all of your amazing hard work as you serve the students and teachers at your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time out of your busy week to join me here today. And I will see you next time right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.